0: You know, people who are listening to this podcast can't see that. That's why they should watch it on YouTube. No, it's a podcast. You're not supposed to watch it on YouTube. You can if you want to. No, that's true. And
1: you can watch it on, that's right, Patreon!
0: Actually, you won't be able to watch this one on Patreon. Oh, none of it. Well, you'll be able to watch the second half on Patreon.
1: Yeah. But,
0: uh, no, first half is. Free for the viewing on our YouTube channel, as always.
1: That's true. That was my clever way of saying we have a Patreon.
0: Yeah, I know. I wasn't going to say anything, but now you've ruined the entire
1: subtlety of your plan. I'm not a subtle person, but this is, this is very true. Uh, go check it out. I think that the video we made got shadow banned by YouTube because we were talking about Patreon. Something like Oh, that.
0: Our, pa- our Patreon introduction video, video yeah. was, yes
1: was not well received or
0: it Um, was partially ignored by the people
1: yeah (laughs) that is an option that's fair (laughs) it's option number two but yeah we have a patreon go check it out we do
0: we do um and just just in this particular case before we get into this into into today's podcast episode podcast number 11 Mm -hmm. before we jump into it i would like to acknowledge one of our patreon basically i think he was our first the first of our patreon subscribers yeah. And that would be Ant. Ant. Uh, Ant is, um, he's actually a longtime supporter of the Old Warlock. Like he was supporting us way back on, um, uh, when we were on coffee, when we were trying to yep. uh, have coffee as being the membership platform. Yep. And he had a timely donation to us that allowed us to buy some extra um, um, cards, SD cards. Yes. Uh, came came at just the right time, and he has Ant. he has he actually went and found the Patreon channel before we even announced it, yeah, it was out there, was, which was really cool. Um yeah, he's so. he's a really good guy. We communicate with him pretty regularly. Um, so thank you, Ant. We appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for thanks for for helping us out here on Patreon. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Move we on. have a lot to cover in this particular podcast. Yes, because I had some really cool stuff in, and so. A large part of this is going to be a little different from our normal podcast. You know, we usually do treasure and magic items and things like that. We're going to do, I I would like to correct me if you don't want to, but I would like to dedicate probably most of this podcast to the second edition of Fantasy World Magazine. Yes. Uh, For those of you who might remember, who've been around uh, the, the Old Warlock for a while, we did a video, when was it, maybe eight months ago, nine months ago?
1: Mm, probably around a year ago.
0: A Year ago uh, of of a fan of a fanzine, a D and D fanzine that came out in the nineteen eighties called Fantasy World Magazine. We'll put the link to the
1: video. Yeah, somewhere
0: it, it'll be down in the in the yeah. description of this video. For those of you who are watching this or listening to this on um, a podcast of podcast station ish thing, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. You'll just have to find it yourselves, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You can go to, I think that they should be able to just search Fantasy World
1: magazine. Yeah. um, The Old Warlock and it'll probably... And it'll pop up. There's only one really talking about it, so...
0: But um, I really loved the magazine when we managed to get a hold of that first copy. It was a handwritten, what was it, 130 pages long or something? It was huge. And it was put out by a guy by the name of Rob and his wife Candy Mm -hmm. in uh, Batesville, Indiana and i loved the thing because it was uh, there was such a focus on community world building i mean if you want to talk yeah. about if you if you really want to get into a a combined storytelling mm-hmm. he rob who the person who was the publisher of fantasy world magazine yeah. he really raised that to another level because what he what he started to try and do in the in the course of that magazine mm-hmm. was create a world that was that had contributions to it by a number of different people. So he gave out franchises, to, and that's how he described them. He, he yeah. gave out franchises to different sections of this world of Manset that he wanted to put together, mm-hmm. so that individuals could actually build components of the world that he was threading together. Which yeah. I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, for more details on that, go look at that, the Fantasy World magazine video Yeah, we talked about we did. it all in
1: depth back there.
0: But at the end of that video, we put out a call for anybody who might have been a franchise holder in the world of Manset to get in touch with us. As we often do with these
1: fan-created things.
0: Yeah, because we love to hear. We, I, I, am, I really look forward to hearing from people who are involved in these projects back in the day because, mm-hmm. you know, this was my time, and... You guys, there are people out there who are doing some wonderful, fascinating, fun things that I never got to do at the time, so I'm, I want to live vicariously through these people's experiences. Yeah. Anyway, we put out the call, and lo and behold, somebody who held a franchise in the world of Mansett got in touch with us. Why? A guy by the name of Eric Johnson, and he's been really cool. Um, he, he got in touch with us and said, yeah, I was one of the franchise holders. He ended up getting me a copy of the second Edition yes. of World of uh, of Fantasy World Magazine of the two editions of a, that there were i t- <laughs> so I've got, I'm a hundred percent holder now yeah. in, in yeah. Fantasy World Magazine. But he sent that. He sent a lot of things that he had written. He he ended up being a an actual, a, really a a good, uh, a really good author of oh, yeah. fantasy science fiction mm-hmm. uh, articles and things. Mm. And I'm, I'm talking fiction. Yeah. Uh, they were they were a lot of fun to read, but um, he also pointed out all of the things, all, all of the, the contributions that he made to the world of Mansett. Now, I've tried to get in touch with Rob, the publisher of Fantasy World Magazine. I have, have not, not had any success. No. I have one last address. I'm actually going to type up a regular letter. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to actually type up a letter and send it through
1: the mail. You
0: guys are gonna have a heyday with
1: that one, I know. Yeah, because
0: all the people who are watching us are like, yeah, we know what it
1: is, yeah, Bob. Yeah, you <laughs> stupid young guy. So I'm going to actually
0: send... Because he may... There is a chance that he still um, is at an address that I have for him, and I'm, I'm going to see if that happens. But regardless, well, yeah. regardless, I managed to get a hold of this, this uh, second edition of Fantasy World Magazine mm. because of the graciousness of uh, Eric.
1: Yeah, thank you, Eric. We
0: and so we are going to go over edition two of Fantasy World Magazine because I think there are some things to talk about in here that you might find interesting. Let's get started. Let's do this. So, Fantasy World Magazine number two. Um, I'm gonna have to scroll through some things here. I've got this in a PDF and I have highlighted the things to talk about. But again, let's, let's start off by looking at Jim said, scrolling madly through, because we're trying to get through more things in our podcast now. Yeah. There are 112 pages of D&D goodness in this. Um, the first edition, I, th- I want to say it had 130, but in this one, it's only it's only 112. I mean, yeah. Come on, Rob, you're falling down on the job here. Only 112 pages. This one is not hand draw- or handwritten. It is done in some sort of a word processor, typewriter-y mm-hmm. thing. But it does not detract from how cool this actually is. No,
1: but I do respect immensely your effort put into the first one, where you wrote the entire oh, thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I I mean, I, I don't. Have, I've never in my life had that kind of patience to write 130 some pages. I
1: still get my D's and B's mixed up when I write. Like it's yeah. Really? No.
0: Okay. Uh, this was published in 1984, and this is Role Players Workshop that that put um, Fantasy World Magazine out. Mm-hmm. I wish that I could actually go through the entire contents of this magazine with you. Uh, if I ever get the chance to talk to Rob, the publisher of this, I'm going to ask him if he will give me permission to put these PDFs someplace where you can download them and read them for yourselves. But I, you know, for copyright reasons, I can't yeah. throw all this up. There, uh, okay, well, we'll just go we're just gonna kind of go through here very quickly until I get to one of the interesting, one of the more interesting parts. There's an, there's an extra bit of fiction in this. And so it seems as though um Rob had some success in getting people to make contributions. He was actually paying mm. people I want to say it was two dollars and fifty cents a page. Yeah, something like that
1: for anything that they sent.
0: Well, for, for any fiction that yeah. that was yeah, in yeah, yeah. if it was like D and D module related, it was five dollars a page. Mm. I would have been all over this in nineteen
1: eighty four. Yeah, that's not bad.
0: Um a, co- a couple of interesting things here. There's and we'll look at some of the a lot of the Okay, there's some individual fiction just of Stories of a guy or a girl doing whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, just just you know, fantasy, science fictiony stories. But there's also a lot of fiction in here that is directly related to the world of Manset. So some of these are from the individual franchise holders, talking about the section of Manset that they controlled. So yeah. they're giving political background. They're mm-hmm. giving uh, the background of of, of particular characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there uh, Eric, the person who sent this. Did a write-up of a king of dwarves, and also the weapon that this this lineage of dwarves had, mm-hmm. uh, and also he had a he even had a um, um, a genealogy tree for oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. these for the kings yeah. of this dwarven this dwarven area. But let's uh, there just to kind of give a little bit of context. I want to just read one or two things of some of the gamer profiles because those are those are very important. Uh, in these magazines because Rob seems to have really been trying to establish a sense of community. Yeah, And so he actually talks about the people who are making contributions. So this is a gamer profile of DG Geiser. Uh, DG is a founder of the Batesville Fantasy Guild uh, and a member of its governing body, The Square Table. Uh, His favorite player character is the halfling thief Shrock. Goes on and on. Uh, DG loves metal bands. He hates wave. Um, Michael Jackson, Smurfs, and the Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, I can understand all of those. On even levels. even even today, yeah. Yeah. Um, DG is a junior at Batesville High School. After graduation, he wants to study communications and get rich. He's thinking about They're advertising called. or the radio, film, TV field. The idea that he hopes will make him a millionaire is the trip theater which would evidently provide its patrons with bizarre experiences so people don't have to do drugs but they can still freak out. I mean, if that isn't the most That's like the early 80s 80s thing. in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, then it goes on to and I, it, what I what I seem to think is happening here is these franchise holders are creating the content but Rob is doing the map for the mm. entire world mm. including the areas of the franchise holders so that um, there's, there's a cohesiveness there's yeah. a consistency all the way across this
1: world that he, is, that he has created there's still some form of control over the whole thing
0: right um, now whether or not it's driven I, if I, I want to believe that the maps are driven by the franchise holders not the other way around I don't think that Rob yeah. was asking people to here's a map with all these things on it you develop the story behind mm-hmm. what I've done it seems to be going the other way but I could be wrong on that
1: but either way it's, it's cool. good that there's community aspect to it exactly
0: there are loads of these fantastic maps, and I'm going to throw, you know, copyright notwithstanding, I'm going to throw some of these maps up on the on the screen in the in the video version of this particular podcast because they're all hand drawn and they are fantastic. But okay, so let's get some examples of the content that some of the franchise holders are throwing in here. Um, this one is for. Okay, this is called the Great Men of Quailin, Quelan. Q U E L A N. The report of Raja Sage of Asplact to Rachel, uh, Warlord of Quelan, 1498 T A by Donald L Davis. So I'm assuming that Donald L Davis is the franchise holder, but he's he's packaging his franchise information in the form of a letter written to uh, from one person to who is exploring this region mm-hmm. to the leader of the region. Okay. That's, that's okay. the feeling that I'm getting. Uh, starts out, I, Raja, sage of Asplacht, was surprised to see the warlord's army come to my abode on the outskirts of town. I was even more surprised when they delivered me to a, delivered to me an invitation to come as an honored guest to the warlord's castle for a banquet. Um, so it goes on from there about how he just ended up talking. He had to make a couple days travel and then he ended up meeting with this warlord to tell the warlord about his experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go and read a little section here. Uh, this is about, he, he talks about Derek the Ancient Druid. This is part of his report to the warlord. Uh, Derek the Ancient Druid, my next story is about a friendly and very powerful man turned cold and bitter when the person he loved most was taken from him. Goes on and on. Um, Derek, again, this is the ancient druid, as he was known, was born in the now ruined city of Chavalon. So all of these, this is great. And this is written by, um, I want to say that this writer was either a sophomore or a junior in high school when this was all being put together. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is impressive. It it is. He was the son of Shemal, druid leader of the people of Chavalon and protector of the Quaking Forest. He was brought up to follow in his father's footsteps and to one day take over leadership of Chavalon and the Quaking Forest. Forest, um, blah blah blah, but these are the just. This is just to give you kind of an idea of the details that these people were creating and fleshing out this world. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who are DMing or playing in D and at that time, this would have been a really cool opportunity for them because, for the most part, you were doing a lot of modules. You know, you, you yeah, In terms yeah, of yeah. The, in terms of creating really cool content for yourself. Mm-hmm. Rob created, through his efforts with Fantasy World Magazine, he created a mechanism for people to be able to explore their own creativity, but he kind of like gave the spark for them to get started on these things. But this goes on, um, this whole report, called The Great Men of Quaylen." this bad boy goes on, one, two, three, four, um, five... This goes on for five typewritten pages. It's pretty impressive. When That's I was right. in high school, I didn't do that kind of information for you know, reports and classes. Five, oh, no. five typewritten pages? No. No, absolutely not. If I had had the opportunity to type up five typewritten pages for a D&D scenario, oh, I would have been all over it. That's a
1: whole different thing. That's fun.
0: Um, so anyway, yeah, there's another one. The next one is called Life Among the Barbarians of the South, as told by Hegelik of Quaylen, and this is again, Donald L. Davis. Um, he goes on to talk about how this is the experiences of this guy who's been, who's who's from Quaylen, uh this town of Quaylen, the city of Quaylen, and he finally gets to return to Quaylen after 18 years. Uh, skipping a bit into it, at last I reached the gates. Oh, the smells, the people, the city, I love them all. This truly is my home. Listen to the voices speaking my tongue, not some idiotish tribal tongue, but mine. What should I do first? Meet with the warlord as my teacher would have wanted? Nay, firstly, I must enjoy the wonders of the city, my home. I must take a bath. Um, not in a freezing sea, but in a hot tub. I won't go on to the next part. Um, but anyway, because we have a G-rated uh, thing here. But uh, these were PG, you know, the uh, World of Manset was a PG, but I'm not gonna go any further. But it gives you an idea of the different yeah. types of writing and, and the cool, different, creative ways that people were imparting the information that they had in their heads into the world of man sitting yeah. for the reader. Um, just really, to me, this would have stood out um, head and shoulders above anything that I did in English class in high school. Yeah. This was a much better experience writing about something I was interested in mm-hmm. um, and having to express myself for an audience as opposed to just one teacher. Well, yeah. this is really This is a great exercise in English and that's something that we've always discussed. Uh, at least the friends that I play with, mm-hmm. that I've played this game with for coming up on 50 years. Wow. Um, <laughs> one of the things we've always discussed is the huge educational value there is to playing role-playing games. And I yeah. think that that's really highlighted here. Um, you know, map reading skills, writing skills, communication skills. Um, it's all tied into this, these role-playing games that we all love to play. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really borne out here... Um, it's crystallized here in the writings of things
1: that people have submitted to things like uh, Fantasy World Magazine. Well, yeah, and even just interpersonal skills, like that's something that this can help build, especially for people who might not have a lot of, you know, interpersonal relationships outside of this. The game allows the development of those. But um, I think that this, like you were kind of saying, this gives people an audience to... If, if you know that somebody is going to be reading what you write, you're more inclined to try and do a good job, do something to the best of your ability. Or if you're just writing your world for yourself, which I completely support and I think that people should because it's yes. a lot of fun anyway and that's also important. But if you know that there's going to be some sort of significance, that's going to be published, people are going to see it, then you, you, know, you push yourself that much more and you develop your skills that much more. Not only as a D&D player and a role-playing gamer, yeah, that works. Yeah, but role-playing as, game gamer. Yeah, but as a writer as well.
0: Right, and I, you know, and again, I hate to you know, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but you know, if you're writing for your teacher who you will never see after the current semester of junior high or high school, as opposed to people who are your peers who you will be seeing at the next BatCon in mm-hmm. Batesville, Indiana. You know, th- again, that that's all something that pushes you to do better. And if you're writing, again, if you're writing about something you enjoy, that's going to make you do more, um, put more effort
1: into it as well. Now, we are not saying that school is unimportant. No, 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 not at all. hard is unimportant.
0: Not at all. But I, I'm not, and I'm one of those people that believes that um, school teachers should be paid more. Um, I think that you know, it's a very difficult thing for a teacher to teach nowadays. It was difficult mm-hmm. back in the day. But I think
1: that this is an application if, of the skills you get in school outside of a school environment. And that's what's important.
0: Right, but I think at the same time, I think that if schools would allow these kinds of things mm. for um, English grades, yeah, I think that that would be a good thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll throw in one more thing here from High report. Uh, at the moment, the barbarians pose no threat, but if we choose to ignore them now, we will only welcome an attack with a, from a powerful people in the future. We saw the havoc wrought by a smaller force during the first barbarian expansion. Now, with a larger force, the barbarians are sure to accomplish their goals of territorial expansion and rulership.
1: I like that, that's cool. I like having a historical aspect to the world, The things have happened in the past and that dictates the decisions that people make now. I and that's cool.
0: And we'll get more into that later on as I go through this because there's there's a little bit more along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, The next one is Let's Talk About Fang Deep. This is another franchise that is held by Scott Moore. Scott. Um, I'm just going to jump into here real quickly. He's doing his description. Let me tell you a little about Fang Deep. Situated in a huge valley with the Charon Mountains to the west, the Grey Mountains to the south and southeast, and the Cloudbiter Mountains to the east, Fang Deep is fairly isolated from the rest of the world. It is also largely uncivilized because it was only discovered by Marnock 188 years ago. He goes on... For a couple of pages about all of the of the exports and the imports of Fangdeep and how they're how they're important economically, fitting into the rest of the world of Manset, things like that.
1: And I love that.
0: It is it's great. And again, you know, he he does all this in the from the point of view of someone who lives there, who is communicating information to a, a leader. Yeah. He also includes a timeline of Fangdeep history. All dates are in the Third Age. 1310, Marnok born. 1332, Ilnan, son of Marnok born. 1349, Verdiflam, sword of the rulers of Fangdeep, forged by Marnok. So he goes through, and it's almost like a um, Lord of the Rings style thing. You you get a real feel for that
1: as you're going through That's probably, it probably played no small part in inspiration. Exactly. I think you're exactly right.
0: Uh, Then... There's an interesting part here from the editor of the magazine at the end of, of uh, these things from, uh, that relate to Fangdeep. Uh, it says, it's in a scroll, so it's an aside, Attention World of Manset franchise holder, we need stories and articles about the history of and current situation in your area of the World of Manset, including entries for the World of Manset timeline, see page 46, for publication in the future in future issues of fantasy world magazine submission requirements on page three the editor so this was a tent this is
1: obviously intended to be an ongoing situation yeah, they didn't weren't planning necessarily to call it quits after this one
0: um then right after the article about fang deep there's a map that is drawn by um rob you can tell by the the uh, map creating style he did a map of fang deep. Uh, the kingdom of Fang Fangdeep and the surrounding wilderness as prepared by... Uh, his name is Snipe Longstride? It's a little bit of a blur on Snipe. I think it's Snipe
1: Longstride. Yeah, that's what it looks like.
0: Um, then we go from there into uh, some fiction by Troy Ilderton. We, he was mentioned. I remember that name from the previous...
1: Well, this is part two. Yes, so it it, makes
0: good sense. point. This is the Beastmaster, and this is just straight-up fiction from Troy Ilderton. Uh, a number of pages of that and then that 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 um, article was meant to be continued. But then we get to one of my favorites, coming events, 1984. August 25th, Shelbycon 1 in Shelbyville, Indiana, uh, at the Civic Center, 10 a.m to 5 p.m. Uh, features an original adventure module by Rob, the Mad Magician's Tournament. Also a super sale on dice, miniatures, and modules.
1: Be there or be square. <laughs> nice. Thank you.
0: You, you. you would just fit. You would have fit right. They would have loved me. They was oh Tim. him. Hi. Um. Afternoon, everybody. <laughs> so then we have on November 17th BatCon 3. Uh, and um, Eric mentioned being at BatCon and I think I think he said he was at BatCon 2 and possibly ShelbyCon because I don't think he was from Batesville I think he was from Shelby
1: I think he said he was at BatCon 1 and 2 and ShelbyCon
0: he might have been at all okay might have been at all 3 I can't remember remember for sure
1: if we're wrong sorry
0: we've been taking in a lot of information here in the past couple days Uh, anyway November 17th BatCon 3 at Batesville Indiana Middle School 10am I think I'm constantly switching between Batesville Ohio and Batesville Indiana it's Indiana if I've said Mm -hmm. Ohio in any of this um, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Features an original adventure module by Chris Strobel. Gray... Gray Dawn. Sorry, I'm real over it with my highlighter. Gray Dawn. Gaming Aid. Super Sale. Miniatures. Painting. Comparison. Or competition. See, it's interesting to see that that still continues. Yeah. Then <laughs> enter the above tournament adventures alone or with a team. Prizes. Fun. Fun. I <laughs> would have been all over this. Uh, cost $4 in advance. $7 at the door. Send in- inquiries or payment to... Yeah, you know, blah blah blah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to me that so many of these, because I remember from the last one, so many of these are held at middle schools and high schools. You don't see that. Doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen. No, I mean,
0: which to me is really a sad commentary. Yeah. Now I bet you could get a lot of these done at your local library.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I bet yeah.
0: you. I bet you could. Well, but at the same time, if you got a hundred people coming in, the library might not want to handle it. That's fair. But yeah, I used to love the idea that these were held in the auditoriums of the local
1: of the local. Yeah, or junior just in, high the, school. in the gym, they open it up and put some tables out. I think right. that's fun.
0: Uh, then we're following we have some more fiction uh, submitted by a variety of different people. A few more maps. Thank you. You're welcome. We're going to do, I, I wanna do another gamer profile. Again, this is just to give you some kind of context. And those of you who were around in the 80s, you're gonna, you're gonna get a visual image of this guy because we maybe, all we all knew these people. Maybe you are this guy. Yeah, I yeah. Some of these people, some of these component, or some of these uh, characteristics of these guys. But it was me. Yeah. Uh, Chris, this is Chris Strobel. Uh, Chris was a, is a sophomore at Batesville High School. He started playing fantasy role playing games while in junior high in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, goes on a bit. Uh, so well, I have to see, I keep doing that. and I have to look around. How's that work?
1: Sorry, that work? that's perfect. Yeah.
0: Okay. Though Chris is a top student, he claims he doesn't study much. This leaves him with plenty of time to write fantasy fiction. Hmm, hmm That sounds familiar. Yeah. Like the stories in this issue of Fantasy World, his module, Gray Dawn, took first place in RPW's 1984 module design competition and will be tested at BatCon 3 this summer. Hey. Um, I have to add this in as well. Chris is involved in track as well as underground politics at school. What were
1: you doing there, Chris?
0: Yeah, you need to let us know. Yeah. Uh, He also likes music. His favorite groups are Yes. How many of you remember Yes? No. Devo. How many of you remember Devo? And The Human League. How many of you remember those? I do. I was never a big
1: fan of any of the three of them, but a lot of people were. What were they, rock bands or...? um i'm sorry you guys are gonna tear me a new one we're we're,
0: this. we're gonna have to we, we'll go into that in another i'll i'll, I'll
1: play some you'll little play for some you. for yeah, you yeah i, I don't know
0: we we have we're covering a lot of territory in this podcast so
1: all right yeah uh but yeah i'll, I'll, I'll show sure, you
0: yes idea. i i did enjoy yes uh devo and human league not my not my company. no <laughs> no anyway Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Uh, uh, I know
1: you're glad I'm here
0: I'll be putting out an ad for a new co-host new At some co-host. point in the near future So just so you know um, So then we move to the Kingdom of Dwarnor And this was written by Eric Johnson, the person who submitted This to us for Just because Eric. he wanted us to have them Yeah uh, So this is The History of the Great Kings of Dwarnor From Eric Stoutheart To Eric Ironheart uh, Where do you get the inspiration for those names? Though? I'm not sure. Interesting. The kings and people of Dwarnar have fought many wars and they will fight more if need be. Then he goes in to talk about Eric Stoutheart, who is the first true king of the Dwarven people, uh, describes what he did to uh, help create this kingdom of the dwarves. Um, I'm not going to go through this entire thing, but he does give the DM's notes for Eric Ironheart in terms of the uh, his character's characteristics. So he has his alignment, he's got his age, he's got his height, his weight, his strength, intelligence, wisdom, dexterity, constitution, and charisma, uh, which is great because it makes it a, uh, if, for those of us who are really familiar with characteristics of, of uh, D&D characters, this really puts it right into context.
1: A solid character too.
0: Yeah, he was. Uh, then he, the thing I like about this is he does, like I was saying, he does the family tree of the Kings of Dwaranor, mm-hmm. starting with Eric Stoutheart, the Deliverer, and then it moves all the way down through several generations of different characters. I mean, we're looking at how many generations there. One, two, three,
1: four, five, six. Like 10 oh, generations, 10, 12 generations. Go back up here. Back to Dane Longbeard the Fourth. The Fourth. fourth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Dane. Uh, another interesting name. Yes, it is. But we all did that. That's what, oh, that's yeah, what no, we did. I've, back I, in the day. I've done the I mean, same
0: thing. Yeah. Um, but then he. He, he goes on Eric buddy oh good lord you know he then goes on and he's, he made dwarvish runes now I don't know if he took these from Let's Norwegian go, runes or Nordic runes but he's got runes uh, for these and I think that that was, a, that was a real popular thing back in the day because you could you could if you tried hard enough you yeah. could read the runes in the Lord of the Rings well, oh yeah well here we are we've got dwarvish runes here which I think is fantastic
1: that's really cool
0: um, and then he goes on to talk about the weapon of the Dwarven kings, which is cool. This is called Ruckledge. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, Eric. Uh, R-U-K-L-J. The name Rookledge, Ruckledge? Rookledge, or Rook, Rook, Rookledge, Rookledge, comes from the Dwarven words Rook, which means foe and Ilj, slayer, so it's slayer. But he goes down um, through the history of this particular weapon and how it was created and then who ended up using it. But then he's also got the DM's notes talking about it being a plus five battle axe to hit and damage, has an intelligence of 16 and an ego of 12. Uh, Rookledge will not try to dominate the user unless he is not the current ruler of Dwarnor. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But again, these are just cool details that these these people were inspired to put together. Oh, you I like love, the proclamations? I love, I love that. So, so that's that kind of sums up a lot of the content, the direct world of Manset con, 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 the direct <laughs> world of Manset right contributions that people were making to the magazine, or at least yeah. to this particular magazine. Then we do get to the proclamations, which has this great image of a trumpet with uh, with proclamations banner hanging off of it, which I love. Uh, and then it says, "Earn money." Uh, we are now accepting submissions for Fantasy World Number Four. So apparently, Fantasy World Number Three, mm-hmm. they had received their submissions for it. Where is Fantasy World Number Three?
1: Yeah.
0: If it was, um, Eric seems to think that it it never happened, mm-hmm. and, and I, I believe him because I mean he was kind of yeah. right there in yeah, the yeah, mix. Yeah. But I wonder if what happened if there are just a scattering of notes. In somebody's in a shoebox in somebody's the basement great mystery somewhere. Mystery
1: of yeah, that, that's actually really interesting. I really want to find out.
0: Anyway, we are now accepting submissions for Fantasy World number four. We pay two dollars and fifty cents per magazine page, five dollars per page for
1: modules. Rob, um, Rob, if you're watching, you got to get in
0: touch with us. Bro. We want to know
1: <laughs> where the third one is and what happened to it. Well, if I'm, there is a third one or where the notes are, where the draft right, is, or I, something. I
0: mean, here's here's my offer. You provide me with the notes for it, I'll put that bad boy together, mm-hmm. and I will make sure that it gets out for the people to enjoy. So, <laughs> you know, I... And, and again, the reason for that is because I believe this magazine to be one of the best I've ever seen yeah. in terms of a fanzine.
1: Yeah. Um, then Especially there's a, considering it was just done by, you know, not a huge... It wasn't no, TSR or anything like no, that. It was just people who liked the game.
0: Yeah. It's just... It's, it's really, really cool to me. Um, then there is... In treasure chest, this is good ideas from gamers, and Eric Johnson is back in the in the spotlight here for something that he called the I wrote over it the Rook Dual Moor, which is a snake demon, and he gives the uh, this is something that dwarves um, have to combat on a regular basis, and mm-hmm. so he made sure that this is included in here because he was talking so much about right. this dwarven yeah. franchise that he had been that he had put together. Yeah. I'm going I'm scrolling through here for those of you who can't see what I'm doing then we have the we move on to page jeez, what page is this 46 of the world of manset timeline uh, all of this needs to be fleshed out according to Rob uh, but there are some information there is some information in here that people that the franchise holders have submitted so it's starting to build yeah then we get into a little more fan fiction or not fan fiction but fiction there are good
1: eye of the beholder.
0: Is that that's, where... That's, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. I never... I never... I... <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. This guy. Yeah, yeah. D&D humor. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, that's pretty much... I'm, I'm sure that's where that beholder be. came yeah, from. Yeah,
1: yeah. I never considered I that before, because I've always kind of wondered it. that. If you guys know any more, let me know.
0: Uh, then there's a section on gaming aids. This is just things that they're selling, that uh, that Fantasy World Magazine is selling. So they've got Aids books. Uh, they've got Grenadier, Dragon Lords boxed miniatures, so they seem to have purchased them at, at a discount, and then they're selling them to people here yeah. uh, because they have, you know, send orders too, and you can you can get some of these things. Mm-hmm. Then there is, and I, you guys are going to be playing this. This is a this is a module called Mists of the White Mound W I G H T by Rob. And it's a World of Manset tournament module for player teams of third level. Oh, and nice. And I've had the chance, I haven't had the chance to go through this in complete detail,
1: but. The title alone sounds very cool. It's, it's pretty cool. Um,
0: I'm going to just toss this bit in here. This is from the player's information sheet. And Rob was really a good, he was an excellent DM from what I can tell and the information that he put into his modules it's not too much it's not too little but it's very immersive it's it's the immersive information you need to do something really well
1: yeah
0: yeah um i'm going to say in here uh, i'm just going to read this one part where he gives a description of this of what's driving this particular module during moonless and dark nights mists roll in from the north and lay siege to the small village local inhabitants have taken to barricading themselves in their homes whispering superstitious tales about the darklings Others tell myths about the ancient city of wonders, which uh, that is said to lie underneath the white mounds. Now, just as an aside, sounds a little bit familiar. It does. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying at all no. that Barrow Maze no. was linked to this. We would
1: never insinuate that. No, and I'm not. You know, I, no. I seriously doubt if if they. It's a, it's a it. pretty common trope. It this is. Kind of stuff. It is,
0: but at the same time. It's really cool. It does this sound, is, yeah, it's so this is just
1: happening thirty years before, basically.
0: Right. Um, others tell myths about the ancient city of wonders that is said to lie underneath the white mounds. Uh, whatever the cause, citizens are being taken from their homes, killed or kidnapped by the mists, or whatever causes the mists. So that's the background of this module. But this goes on. Uh, there's a there's a map location for it. Hmm. But this goes on. There's even some artwork. But there's cutaway views of the dungeon levels. Mm-hmm there are hand-drawn maps of the area around the dungeon Mm -hmm. and then it goes on and on and just the amount of detail he puts into these hand-drawn maps is phenomenal Um, but yeah you can see that this is a this is quite a module But yeah, I'm printing this off, and you guys are going to go through it. Because I know that none of you in the party could cheat and read up on this because I'm the only one that I know of aside from Eric, who has a copy (laughs) of this.
1: Unless it's on the Google Drive, then I'll find it. Dang it. Oh, that's true. So close. Not that he would do that. No, He, he doesn't do that. No, that would ruin the experience.
0: So anyway, really fantastic module here that takes up, I would say, probably a third of this of this magazine. But let's get through the module. I wish I could just slap this out there for you guys to enjoy, but I cannot. Um, what else do I want to talk about here? There are some characters that you can play to go into this. Then we move to... So anyway, great module in here. That takes us to page... What was it? 100. 100. And then we have some book oh, yeah. reviews. Uh, these include... Three and a half stars for Patricia McKillop, The Throne of the (laughs) Earl of Sheryl, with the herring of the Dragon of Horsebreath*, illustrated by Judith Mitchell. Never heard of that.
1: I have have no idea what that could be. Oh, oh, it's just, okay, reviewed by Rob Washburn.
0: Yeah. Um, There's the Dwarwath Trilogy, The Time of Dark, Um, Delray Books, Ballantine, reviewed by Rob. So not only is he writing this magazine, he's also reading all kinds of, fantasy books none of these though do I recognize so we're mm-hmm. gonna skip on past them yeah gaming news we're back to our friend Eric who supplied us with all this information and more and sorry Eric but I'm gonna give your gamer profile give your gamer profile. Uh, when Eric was involved in all this, he was a sophomore at Shelbyville High School and has been playing fantasy role playing games for three years. Go, Eric. He is a DM and has DM'd at two Batcons. He's currently running an adventure for a party of first level adventurers and developing the history of the kingdom of Dwarnor in the world of Manset. He is also a member of the Role Players Gamers Association, Role, play, role Playing Gamers Association. Uh, aside from D&D, Eric dabbles in Traveler, Star Frontiers, which I just
1: bought. I was gonna say, tell the people about your purchase.
0: I just found an almost pristine copy on eBay of Star Frontiers, and it is on the way as we speak. It includes the original dice and for those
1: of you who know, you know what that, how cool that is. Time. I'm very excited for that to arrive Because we've been branching out from Dungeons & Dragons To some other role-playing games So this will be the next one on our list Maybe, maybe, we'll see
0: Yeah, we'll have to see But I'm looking forward to being here When it gets here, we will probably do a regular video about it Yeah Um, Anyway, he dabbles in Traveler, Star Frontiers, and Dragon Quest He is an avid reader of Conan books, which I was as well Uh, Eric enjoys music and collects old record albums Especially those of his favorite group, The Who Well done, Eric The Who um, he owns a TI computer and likes computer programming. He's thinking about studying business and computer science when he goes to college. So that's that's Eric, the man who contacted us, who was a franchise holder, who sent us all of this information. Um, World of Manset update. The following area franchises have been awarded to gamers interested in participating in the development of the World of Manset. So Fangdeep went to Scott Moore and Troy Ilderton. Clearwood went to Scott Lindwald and Danny Boltman. Of Batesville. Elavor went to Kevin McGee. So the list goes on and on, and there are actually a, a fair lot. number of people who have said, yeah, I would love to be a part of the development yeah. of this of this whole process. Uh, it finishes off, if you're interested in helping with the development of this campaign world and would like an area franchise, contact Rob at Role Players Workshop.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not an insignificant number of people, but it's really there's not. a lot who want to get involved in this. There's a
0: whole page full of people who wanted to be a part of this project. Um, Then we we get into Laughing dragon, stupid jokes, and I've got to read a couple of these. Um, Don't look. Okay. What could you put into a pouch filled with 1,000 gold pieces to make it lighter? It isn't magic, but it works just as well. What? A slit. Um, Which is the furriest side of a giant lynx? Which side? The outside. Good lord. Yeah. Okay, you'll love this one because this is one of your favorite monsters. All right. What did the lurker above say to the unwary dungeon adventurers? Look out below. Close. Hands up. I've got you covered. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, um, those are just
1: too good. Wow. And
0: then there are also riddles. (laughs) We have... have, uh, All right. Give me a riddle. Oh, you want a riddle? Yeah. This is, you know, Mushy the Great is now the Riddle Master. Oh, I love for that. Those, for those of you who watched <laughs> the previous video, um, we had Mushy the Great appear on our video. It's a mushroom. It's uh, a little face. A little face on it, and hands, ex- expressive hands. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, answers to the riddles. What has 98 legs but can't walk?
1: 98 legs but can't walk. A this is a huge table.
0: 49 pairs of pants.
1: <laughs> That's not a riddle. That's just another stupid joke. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. I think that they got a little bit mixed up on yeah, some of yeah. May, Or maybe I got mixed up in. Let's see. Let's see if we can find the actual riddle. OK, here I'll we go. go. Here we go. OK. I didn't. I couldn't distinguish between a riddle and a joke. Um let's see though small and simple i may be a bleeding death may follow me if i have need i fly through air so those who fight me must beware a tooth have i but not a bite avoid my sting when in a fight when i am large i change my name but still my purpose is the same my fang drips venom when i strike with help of killer or the like Helpful magic may surround me, but few are those who thus have found me. What am I?
1: That's tough, I don't know. But it's
0: good, I I actually like this. This is by Mark Stock. What's the answer to it, I'm not sure. A dagger.
1: Um, Though small and simple
0: I may be, a bleeding death may follow me. If I have need, I fly through air. So those who fight me must beware. A tooth have I, but not a bite. Avoid my sting when in a fight. When I am large, I change my name. Okay. Uh, But still my purpose is the same. My fang drips venom when I strike with help of killer or the like.
1: So if you used by an assassin. You you poison it, yeah. um,
0: Helpful magic may surround me, but few are those who thus have found me. What am I?
1: I like it. That's very good. I'm
0: gonna do one more. All right, let's do it. Uh, Let's see here. Hang on, Let let me figure this out.
1: Pause before we say the answer, and if you get the, if you think you know what it is, comment down below. Yeah, and you can even cheat, and we won't. Only and we won't have it. any idea. We'll just say good job and heart your comment. Exactly. Well done. It,
0: okay, I'm gonna do these next two. If you're digging in dung, watch out for this pest. If it digs in fresh flesh, it will there make its nest. Burn it out quickly. Cure disease on yourself. Only thus may you live and find your full health. What is it? This one is pretty easy. Like a me? like a leech, not nah, rock grub. Oh. Rock 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 grub. One of my favorite back features. I should have paused and let the people figure it out, shouldn't I? Just had to pause quick. Okay, let's do, we'll, move, we'll go to this last one here. All right. Tongue of flame speaks silky lies, mm-hmm. golden bed under watchful eyes. Mm-hmm. Deep in wilderness, deep in cave, greedy and cruel, rogue and knave. What am I?
1: Oh. Why can't I think of the name? I know what it is. I don't think I don't think it's what you think it is. Is it not? Go ahead. Um I want to say a dryad. Is that not right? No, it's a dragon. Red dragon. Oh, I suck at this. T- Ow. <laughs> tongue of oh for three. Tongue of flame
0: speaks silky lies. Golden bed. Golden Under golden. watchful eyes. Yeah. Deep in wilderness, deep in cave, greedy and cruel rogue and knife. That's yeah. pretty that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good
1: anyway um killed me that's true yeah yep. i'm toast
0: so um then there's just a little more um fun hey let's let's follow up an amusing trip f- by
1: some players through a dungeon yeah um won't get into that i will i would like to point out quickly we are at about 45 minutes
0: and i am almost here done
1: so sorry not it, to be a killjoy but he's a killjoy we do have another podcast because
0: you know it. the problem is he knows i'll go on with this for an hour and a
1: half and, yeah and then, me. That's why I'm here. So, That's why I'm the Chief Operating Officer.
0: Uh, coming in... Okay, last thing that mm-hmm. we will talk about. Right. Coming in future issues. The Beastmaster, Part 3, by Troy Ilderton. The Saboric Church and Dragon Silver. The Voltan... The Voltanican Warrior and a Journey to Voltanica, A D D Quiz. Gosset Tavern Tales. Dual Personalities. The Avenger Character Class. Mm. The Mud Dragon the Valley of Doom and Vapor Stones, and Castle Avenal. So those are all different um, articles that are supposed to appear in the next issue, which I want to read.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it finishes off with a, an overall World of Manset map where Rob has taken all of the, the uh, closer scale maps mm-hmm. and made them into one overall map. So there you go. Again, thanks to Eric Johnson for getting
1: us- We appreciate it, Eric. This
0: information. Um, he, took a, he actually went out of his way to get
1: this done. He, yeah. he did a
0: lot of work to try and contact
1: us. So everybody thank Eric down in the comments. Say thank you, Eric.
0: If you could, that'd be, that'd be really cool. And we're hoping, I, I would like, we don't have, the, the issue we have is that we don't have a real good grasp of the technology. Uh, but we would like to actually have a an interview with Eric at some point if we can ever figure out how to do it. So
1: that may be something we do in the future. Yeah, we tried it once and it didn't go it did too hard. well. Yeah. So we're gonna we're 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 looking at branching into things like that. Yeah, um, but we but some other stuff as well.
0: But it also, you know, there's a lot of stuff we have to get to do it right. And you know, we could nickel and dime, but we don't want to do that. We don't want to do it right. So yeah, um, hopefully we'll, we'll figure in it the out. next couple of months. We'll we'll figure something like that out. Yeah. Anyway, if you have any questions about Fantasy World Magazine number two, please contact. And I'm sorry if you didn't find Fantasy World Magazine interesting, and but you would have you, rather heard us do other things we felt that this needed to be talked
1: about. And if you didn't like it, well, then you're probably not here anymore. So for those of you who it's are left... That's a very last, good point. Hi. Yeah, Congratulations and thanks, thanks you made for hanging out. to the end of podcast number 11. Exactly. That's
0: all I've got but, for our Fantasy World Magazine. Any comments, final thoughts?
1: I quite like it i wish that there were more things out there today that are like this because well and there may be there may be but we just don't know what they are yeah and within the world of Dungeons and dragons today without getting into too many specifics it seems that there is not as much emphasis on um writing and creativity and trying to
0: well i think the community aspect
1: is not there yeah exactly yeah it's it's i i think it is but it's it's different so i just like this you know coming together to create something as a group That everyone can be proud of at the same time i think that's really cool and i wish that there were more opportunities for things like that to happen exactly in the modern world so rob well done please get a hold of us if you're out there somewhere with internet access and interest in advanced dungeons and dragons youtube videos that are from a family channel
0: yeah we'd love to hear from you um but as you mentioned time is up and we need to be getting our patreon podcast done yeah yes we do Yes, we do. So let's get moving on to that. But thanks for tuning in, guys. If you have any questions, let us know. And we will try and get back to you.
1: We sure will. But Check out the links below and on our website and all that good stuff. Yep. You know where to look. You That's know where sure. it is. Yeah, you've been here before. Smash like. Subscribe. The whole thing. I'm Jim. I'm Alex. Keep your story free. Hasta la vista. Baby. <laughs>